listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Welcome to Second Wind. You know, this is a show that's all about women. And we're passionate about women on this on this broadcast, about them reaching their full potential and living that life that only they can live. It is you, your life. Only you can live it. And it's waiting for you to claim it. My guest today is Zulu. Zulu. <laughs> Lulu, where did I just change your name? (laughs) Lulu Travina. And her topics that we're going to be talking about today are women and feminine wisdom and aging. She's also going to share soulful living and being grounded in soulfulness, which I'm most interested in knowing more about. Importance of gratitude and blessing. But before we get into that, I'd like to share with you a a tool that I have for you, and that is called my book, and it's called Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. This is a tool that I created in my transition when I finally found one of the most important things about knowing who you are. And that is your values and how they play in your life, how you act them out, how you got them, how you develop them. All of this is another step about understanding who you are and how important it is that you know your values. So if you're interested in taking a course or a step on your own, you can do, you can go to my website, Joyce Buford Empowers, and there you will find where you can sign up for your copy. I just finished my course that I completed a fairly new course um, two weeks ago. And so in the fall, in the spring, we'll be offering this course again. And I hope you'll think about being there if you want to be taught one-on-one. So anyway, thank you. As we move into telling you more about our guest today, Lulu Travina. Now, Lulu is an award-winning author as well, and her her book is Soul Blessings. She is also a speaker, artist, and mother of three daughters. She's the founder of Live Life with Wonder. Now, she is indeed a supporter for women in their own self-empowerment, honoring their personal truth and dreams, clearing away whatever is in the way of their embodying their full feminine presence. Now, Lulu is passionate about shifting the societal narrative around women and age. So that we are more confident in aging and being and happier in aging. She has numerous existing online groups, which you'll find on her website, which is livelifewithwonder.com. But she 
covers topics as gratitude, hard reading, soulful living. She has many, many, many resources to help you transition into being the magical woman you are meant to be. So welcome, Lulu. It's a delight to have you here. Thank you, Joyce. I'm so happy to be here with you. I love that you, I love, one, I love that you put that you were a mother on your uh, bio, because I think sometimes we forget about those very important personal parts of who we are, how they frame us, how they make us, how they create uh, our environment that we live in. So you are the mother of three daughters, I am. Um, so my daughters, our daughters are 27, 25 and 17. Mm-hmm. So it was like I had my second family with my same husband because um, <laughs> there was a big gap between the last two. And uh-huh. so she was born when I was 41, the last uh, daughter. Oh, there's so much uh, discussion around age, the age to have a baby. Did you have that as a uh, uh, easily? Yes, I did. I, I actually also had home birth. Um, uh-huh. I, I believe our birthing um, as a woman is such an empowering time for us. And um, my other, uh, my second daughter also, she was born at home. And um, I really felt that women do have that power and sometimes we do hand over our power and I'm not saying that we don't need the medical profession, we definitely do, but we have this innate um, knowing within ourselves. So when possible, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for women knowing what they want in the birthing process and also feeling that that is a beautiful um initiation um, as such for themselves and their bonding with their child and their family. Mm-hmm. It seems like when some of the conveniences in the new medical um, processes come in, that sometimes we move toward those and lose some of the wonderful benefits of what our bodies can handle and what we're able to do. I mean, our bodies are pretty amazing, and so it, it gets lost in mm. the um, mm-hmm. modern times, let's say, mm-hmm. I think. I think it happens a lot. I was I reading – oh, sorry. Go I was gonna, just going to say I was reading some studies done about um, things like blood pressure, um, etc., and all the studies have mainly been done on men, so it's only in this last – say, 10 or 15 years that we're actually realising even just the, the, um, the biological makeup of, you know, mass, the, the, the men and the women needs to be studied slightly different so that we can have the right, you know, processes, the right things for, um, you know, each gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, you like to talk about the wisdom in, <clears throat> about ageing. Um, there's so many women that are concerned about the aging process and how that's going to act out in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, what decisions we have to make, uh, whether we really do or not. We kind of, by our environment, are kind of forced to look at these things. Um, how have you addressed some of these uh, issues with your work? 
So what I've found with the women that I work with is, um, especially at this time that we call, you know, this, the second life or the golden years or, or however we like to frame them, mm-hmm. is a time to really look at what it is that's happening for you physically, emotionally, mentally, and also writing, you know, writing it how you want it. Um, I think, you know, I was speaking to you before, Joyce, that, you know, my grandmother, she passed at 105, so she had a very, very long life. And my mother passed at 58, so that's quite a big difference. And I myself are 58 now. So, you know, age has changed and society has changed the way we look at age. Um, you know, I have new friends in their 70s and 80s that I just love to have fabulous conversations with. Um, but, of course, when we were younger, we don't think of what people give at different ages. So if we really look at what we have to offer uh, society, mm-hmm. what, what our experience and wisdom that we can also, um, you know, give forward, as well as looking what are our needs at this time because our needs are always changing, they're always evolving. So really coming back to yourself and knowing you know, all depths of yourself so that you reclaim what you want to reclaim and also create what you want to create. Yeah. Um, You wrote your first book at 55. And why, why did you write that book? And why, what is it? What is it that it tells us? So my book, Soul Blessings is, um, I call it poetic prose, and it's about inspiration, about living from a place of soulfulness, uh, listening to your own wisdom and guidance. And um, I guess it took me longer to write than I really, you know, if I, I looked back, what were the, the the stopping signs? And usually the doubt was often self-imposed from someone else. Um, (laughs) And the more I actually put my work out there, I wrote for um, Elephant Journal and Tattooed Buddha. And when people started to respond to my words, it was, um, you know, it was an affirmation. You know, we do need that outside acknowledgement as well as our own, you know, internal um, owning, you know, what we're saying. So um, I think it was just the prompting of, I've got something to say. I want mm-hmm. to. I want to give that to the world, and it was received really well at that stage. So it was, you know, the book kind of flowed very beautifully because I I met the beautiful artist because my book has full color art. Every page mm-hmm. is full color art. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know it's a, it's a piece of art as well as with the beautiful words. Mm-hmm. We met very synchronistically and it was through this meeting of two people with big hearts that wanted to work together and from that meeting it was very quick in the um you know the coming to the publisher and all that sort of thing but mm-hmm. prior to that it was like more long and drawn out um but once we met it kind of just flowed forward. Mm. That had to make that a very enjoyable project. I mean, oh, to have it yeah. move like that could have been very rewarding for you as well as her. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, know, don't we all want ease and grace with everything we do? We don't want to like, you know, we want to put the effort, uh, we want to put the effort in, but we don't want it to be hard and arduous. <laughs> yes. I know. Um, 
I um, was thinking about when I was writing this book, I was so passionate about it that that it kind of propelled me because it was in my own healing process. And so did you find that your book was a healing process Mm. for you as well? Absolutely. And I think, as I I mentioned, like, you know, I did have doubt before, you know, do I have something that anyone's interested in to uh, read or, you know, want to know about? And when we move through whatever our own blocks are, it, um, you know, it helps in our process, but also usually it helps in someone who's listening to what has happened for us and they go oh yeah I, that resonates with me you know I really get that as well so mm-hmm. um you know I, I often think we're healing each other as we gift each other our own work into the world you know the healing is kind of circular you know it's for us and for others mm. so what was your biggest challenge in writing the book your acceptance as a writer or or what was your biggest challenge Hmm. I think um, getting getting past my it had to look a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I, what I had in my thoughts because I've always wanted to be a writer. I had this thought that it was going to be you know this self help book and it's going to have all practices. And when it evolved into this beautiful work of art, which of course connects to my heart deeply, being an artist. Mm. Um, and the beautiful words that are very spiritual, it was me trying to understand, oh, this is the book that I needed to write first, you know, as Mm. opposed to, oh, I was supposed to write an ABC self-help book, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So it it was letting it be as it needed to be but also, um, allowing it to come through you know sometimes I've said to others like it would it felt like it just flowed through me um and even though I I own it as my book it flowed through me so I think it had a lot of um you know divine guidance to it Mm, beautiful sounds beautiful now our listeners may notice that you have a little accent uh course i don't have one (laughs) (laughs) i'm only from the south um but uh you moved to the united states around 50 right that's correct yeah and uh, as you say you're from the south and i'm from the even um further south called (laughs) called australia (laughs) so um yeah it was in uh, the year I turned 50, my husband's um, position here um, was to establish the business here. We owned our own business, so he was coming to the United States to, you know, grow that uh, marketplace. Ah. And I remember thinking, huh, I'm changing my whole life at 50. Yeah. Um, and I, while it was both exciting, it was also letting go a lot of the known, you know, I had very Mm. strong communities in Australia. I had connected with, you know, lots of people over my years living there. And um, to start again, um, you know, always has that um, 
I guess both those aspects, the excitement and the terror, you know, and they, they're like holding hands and which one's <laughs> going to win. Um, and I think it was a blessing that I still had a, you know, a younger child. Um, as I said, she was born when I was 41. So she was only nine when we moved here. Mm. And so that was really wonderful because my older two were going into college. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we moved from Australia to Atlanta, and so I'm still in the south, just, you know, the south of the United States now. Oh, so I'm so glad you came to the south. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta is huge, though. It and is, yeah. I have been there visiting friends as well, and um, I, I, I can't believe how large it was. I, you know, my, I was coming into the city and she said, well, just get on the train and come out to where she lived. And I went, what? You aren't <laughs> going to meet me at the airport? <laughs> I'm for always from small places. And so going to the airport used to be a big thing. You know, mm. we're going to go pick up our company. And so it was such a... a so did you have an adjustment adjusting to living in a large place or do you live in one of the suburbs? Well, I did have a big adjustment. Um, I, I have lived in big cities in Australia and mm -hmm. we did live in Sydney, which, you know, is a big city. Um, but prior to coming to the States, we lived in more a coastal touristy type of town. Uh, where my husband's company uh, merged with another company. So we came from one traffic light or one, you know, your <laughs> sign uh, to Atlanta with ah. eight lanes of traffic going in one direction and eight going in the other. And I was, oh, goodness me. Yeah, it was quite that, just that uh, traffic um, situation was oh, very hard to, you know, navigate originally. And, and also, yeah. of course, we drive on the other side of the road to where you oh, drive. So, right. and the steering wheels on the opposite side of the car. So there was lots of adjustments um, to, you know, right. get used to. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's another part of you that I'm I want to share, and I want you to share about it. Is that you have this strong. A desire for community, building communities, and um, you talk about the sisterhood. Um, how is it that you are so drawn to the importance of the community? So I think I did have this um, as a foundation in my um, family origin that my parents were strong in community and mm -hmm. um, I, I'm one of six daughters and we're a year mm -hmm. apart so you know just our, our little family of eight was quite a community <laughs> um, and I think in how, how we live our lives we do live very compartmentalized and um, you know if we look back 20-30 years people did do a lot more things in community together, which I think we're yearning for still, and especially since, you know, what's been happening this year in 2020, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the need to connect with others is actually at a deep core level. So we need, need to be both seen and heard by other people. Yes. Um, we need to have that um, companionship 
And, um, you know, especially as we age, it, it, it becomes even more important. You know, we've, we've heard of people that are, are alone a lot when they're older. And, you know, as a society, we really need to address that more, that we can be in communities that support each other at many different levels. And I think the sisterhood aspect, of course, as I said, I have five sisters myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that women... At times throughout their lives, there's been a lot of competitiveness. And I Mm. think we really all want to feel as if we belong, feel as if we're of value. And Mm. so as we build the sisterhood and um, do our own healing work to repair anything that may have happened, whether, you know, that happened to us or that we may even have done to someone else, we grow this uh, essence of, how important we are to each other as, you know, sisters. So uh, I'm definitely all for making sure that we have connection, community and sisterhood. And um, with my women's groups, you know, I I run groups uh, online. So I have people Mm -hmm. from all over the world and those people depend on each other. There is a, you know, they know that that person is there for them and will hear them without any judgment or, um, you know, needing to, uh, I guess, make them wrong in any way. They're, they're like an open sacredness to listen to the other person wherever they are at in their their journey. Mm-hmm. So how do you use the community? You do it in, I know you have groups, but how do you create your groups around because you do so many things and you're very gifted by intuitiveness and you've, you've taken on quantum learning and soulful living and uh, feminine art, the art of feminine. So how do you use this in your work? So in my, um, I do have smaller groups of women that mm-hmm. meet regularly, um, usually once or twice a month. Um, on, and this is online. So on those meetings, we come into the meeting with a true honouring to listen to the other person mm-hmm. and then allow us to reveal whatever we need to be uh, revealing, releasing, letting go of, or even just having someone to be like a sounding board that we feel heard by. So these these groups I run... Um, Oh, they're they're just very, very beautiful, very soulful. You know, things come out from each woman that touches uh, other women so deeply. And even when one person's telling their story, we can in ourselves hear parts of our story. And in that is that little, you know, that, as I said, the circle of healing, you know, that Mm -hmm. we get to heal something even in the listening of someone else and you know listening I think is becoming a little bit of a dying art that the more we can really take that time to hear the person and be really present to what they're saying instead of um, having these quick conversations that kind of bypass and a lot of assumptions happen we need to like slow it all down and really listen. And that's what happens in these circles. When one woman's talking, no one is interrupting. No one needs to speak. Just this woman is speaking into the openness of the circle. 
So if someone is in the audience and they're they're wanting to know how you create your groups, is it by practice or is it um, they just say, I want to be in a group? And or how do you place them in the right group for so, their needs? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm open to any woman, um, especially on this call, if they wanted to reach out and have a chat with me about, you know, what they would be looking for as a part of sisterhood or community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, like when I work with anyone um, at any level, whether it be quantum healing or the art of feminine presence or any of those um, modalities I do, I would be listening to the person and then, of course, place them where it feels that they would um, benefit mm-hmm. for themselves the most. Yeah. Um which, you know, I guess uh, am I tailoring it for the person, you know, within a group sometimes we may be in a group, I've even found you may be in a group where, you know, there might be a little bit of agitation, but as the group builds you actually realise, oh, actually I realise why I'm in this group. This is what I'm learning from this group. Yeah. Agitation is a way of (laughs) a a flag, isn't it? (laughs) Well, a lot of people want to run from agitation. And what if that was a, you know, a great learning uh, opportunity? Yeah. Um, Groups are very interesting. I so agree with you that one, I think our communication skills are really um, falling behind here with all the texting that we do, with all the other things that are part of our life now. Uh, not only is the conversation not happening in marriages and in friendships, they're they're just not happening. They're not happening in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And I see that just in the experiences in my life. So um, we are going to shortly be going to a commercial and taking a little break but when I come back when we come back I'd really like for us to talk a little bit about the importance of it in conversation in our life and then also I'd like to know more about what exactly is quantum healing (laughs) so yeah a little better definition of that for sure would be helpful I know to me as well as uh, other listeners Um, so we're going to be back shortly and we'll be talking about more that Lula has to offer. She's so talented. I mean, there's so many things I want to ask her about (laughs) and, uh, yeah, we only have a certain time from card reading to gratitude to soulful living. Oh my goodness. So when we come back, we will be talking more with Lula, Lulu, and I determined to change your name today (laughs) but um thank you so we'll be back shortly transformational coach motivational speaker and author joyce buford returns after this short break close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits where would you go who would you meet what would you do During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, 
passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's words you never heard. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break, and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Back to the segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Today we are talking with Lula Tribina. And Lula has been talking about some of the fascinating things about women and appreciating aging and how important it is to feel our femininity as we continue that journey of our life, our special life. So before we left for break, uh, Lulu, I had really uh, kind of asked you to tell us more about the quantum healing, what that is. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Joyce. So um, quantum healing is, if you understand anything about um, the quantum field, the quantum field says that everything is possible. So we have this unlimited um, creative universal mind um, that is part of our actual life, how we live on earth here. Mm -hmm. So then when we're looking at our own healing, we often have things that um, have happened in our history that have a connection to um, our nervous system, connection to how we operate as adults that maybe maybe not be quite um, healed. So we're more operating from a you know, this kind of more younger juvenile sort of place because it hasn't been healed. And, of course, it can affect our work or it can affect our relationships or, you know, socially. And so when we actually work with quantum healing, it's like we go back into the field where everything is possible mm -hmm. and we're changing the timeline. So we're repairing the timeline and we're rebuilding a new possibility into our life. Um, and what I've found with my clients is they have massive breakthroughs and they could have been in doing, you know, therapy for 10 years and then they have a couple of quantum healing sessions and it's like they, it's completely 
um, not vanished, but it's completely at a level that it has no hold on them anymore. So they can, you know, they can uh, release decades of blocked emotions or trauma. Um, and then they get to tap in more to their own personal um, joyous birthright or their own sovereignty. And they, they then operate from a, a more empowered place. Um, and it's been just such rewarding and such beautiful work that I've been doing uh, with women these last couple of years um, around the quantum healing. So, you know, and, and me myself, I've been in the healing arts for probably 30 years and I found just having these sessions myself too, um, it's actually helped with so much more um, a, a deeper awareness and mm -hmm. also um, creating more connection. Uh, also, it can actually help with things that we say could be passed over from one generation to another. It's like we oh, can re yeah. re rewrite our history yeah. of our family even. Mm -hmm. so it's really beautiful. And, you know, I said to you, um, Joyce, that I'd like to offer anyone that's listening to this interview that if they reached out to me and they wanted to do any healing or coaching work um, between now and the end of 2020, um, I would give them a 30% discount on any of the healing work they do uh, with me. That's part of my offering for uh, your audience. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's a wonderful thing. Uh to offer, and I want to ask you one question about the quantum lighting. How do you, what process do you use? Is and you talk about is the healing physical healing, or is it like the the one that we all have to deal with the mind, the thoughtful, the uh, negativity of uh, what we've learned from our birth families over the years? I mean, do you go back and heal emotional um, problems as, or is it all physical problems? No, it's on, it's on all <laughs> levels. Yeah, it's on both. Yeah. So um, both emotional and physical. And uh -huh. also at the level of, you know, from a child point uh -huh. of view, um, and as I said before, an ancestral. So it could be, you know, things that you feel that actually that relates to my whole family. I see that playing out in my whole family. Mm -hmm. So it can be on many levels. Mm -hmm. And through the quantum healing, um, you can do specific healing around certain things. For example, I had um, a woman recently who had had a, a very bad um, accident when she was in her teens and how that had kept on playing out in her life. But it was a physical accident that played out also in the emotions and the mental. So once that got untangled, it helped her to see how something that happened to her physically actually affected her in so many areas of her life. So mm -hmm. we're working on many levels at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. Um, and very beneficial. I mean, who wouldn't want to go back and and just get – they're just tired of carrying around the, the big sack on their back, mm. which they've inherited, or um, certainly it's become a reality in their lives. So what a great way. And, and to heal, and you say it – you could do this work, and it speeds up the healing mm -hmm. in a shorter uh amount of time. 
and you know I work with um, people all over the world, so I work globally and online. So that to, you know, we were talking about the benefits of technology. You know, mm-hmm. this is one of those benefits that you know I could be speaking to someone in Italy. Um, through the whole process and they actually have the visceral experience in their own body and the openness in their thoughts that happens through the the healing. So, um, yeah, it's just beautiful, beautiful work. And, you know, as you said, carrying the sack, you know, (laughs) unfortunately some of us even, some even think there is no sack and it's invisible, but it still affects their lives. So we're about, yeah, unpacking all that um, baggage that no longer needs to be there. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, you speak also about, and I, I do want to go back to this uh, because we mentioned it before the break how our communication, our community, and our communication has broken down. How do you feel about where we are in our communication skills? Yeah, I think it's been quite telling this year. Um, Mm. You know, we've all had to look at um, definitely different areas of how we show up in the world, mm. um, what our biases are, what our um, places where we're very resistant to listening to anyone's uh, anyone else's point of view. Yes. Um, in a conversation, as I said, it, it's an art, and uh, whether I don't know if you know, thirty, forty years ago, we actually learnt through our schooling or our families, this different way of speaking to each other Mm -hmm. or, you know, and as we've gone along in history that we've unlearned it or, you know, got too busy to have, you know, deep um, conversations. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to say that we can turn this around because I really do believe we can, that um, the more that we are in both the place of listening fully to each other and also the not imposing upon someone, you know, your viewpoint as if it's the most right, Mm -hmm. Um, how we can allow the all of it, the, you know, the all colours of the rainbow, the all, you know, stars in the sky, the all grains of sand, like no one is more beneficial or more important that, Mm -hmm. um, in conversation, if we just learn to slow it down, to listen, to ask clarifying questions instead of just assuming, oh, they must have meant that because then that doesn't uh, create connection, that if we were to ask another question to say, actually, could you clarify that a little bit more, mm-hmm. it then um, like really builds that connection and builds that uh, rapport that we uh, may have lost somewhere along, you know, the last mm-hmm. couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an example. Um, I, in this area that I live in my town, um, we're 100,000, so it's not just a little bitty town, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not as large as Atlanta, certainly. But uh, we have a neighborhood um communication line you might say over that's through the computer and um 
it's been very interesting to see, particularly in this year where we are, as you say, experiencing unusual, unprecedented uh, difficulties in all areas, in our presidential race, in our how we can't be with our loved ones, and all of this. There's so much conflict coming up, and and one thing that I've been aware of in just seeing this communication, which I did not participate in because it was just, you didn't, you know, you looked at it and you go, I don't want to touch that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just too volatile. But the tolerance that we don't have for other people's opinion is so evident. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of lost that. And um, it is, as you say, it's an eye opener. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. an eye opener. So we need building our skills of com- communication again. You mentioned on, on one of the areas that you'd like to talk about today about the creativity and being a wonder finder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that? It sounds <laughs> fun. <laughs> um. So that uh, I, I know that you've told your audience that my business name is Live Life with Wonder, yeah. and um, you know I actually registered my business name when I was in Australia when I wasn't really in business. It was I was watching my youngest daughter play, and I was just noticing how she picked up the same thing a couple of times, and each time it was like, oh, wow. And so I was like, oh, she really lives life with wonder. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I've talked about a little bit about, you know, having uh, connection and in- intuitiveness uh, as part of one of my gifts. Wow. And I got this message, go and register that business name. So I was like, okay, and I registered it, didn't know what that meant. So I realised that often we're looking for that that that's something we've lost that we had when we were a child, that, yes. that, that sense of being in the moment, having a fresh perspective, um, feeling just that, just that bubbling joy or wonder that comes when we see things. And I used to say I was a wonder seeker and now I've realised I'm actually moved from the seeking more to the finding because I want to be finding the wonder along the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as an artist and a writer, the creative process is one of those places that I do find a lot of wonder. Um, mm-hmm. I do find that in nature. I do find that in connection with um, women or in my family or my children. So if as we age, if we come back to this thought of, Am I living from, you know, the same um, groove on the record Mm -hmm. or do I want to slip that record slightly over and come into a place of feeling more wonder, seeking more wonder, looking for more joy, not not trying to always be stuck on my point of view, being open Mm -hmm. to the other person. Like you can see how these kind of interplay... um, in our life that when we're stuck, we actually then stop a lot of the wonder. So if we can kind of move that needle, so to speak, um, we get a chance to recreate. And, of course, that means doing, you know, your own healing work, being having a really good awareness of yourself as things yes. are happening. 
Um, it works on many levels. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you have also, you, you are mentioned about your offer for um, an interview with you and healing and coaching at a discount of 30% which is fabulous. Uh, but you also have another offer that you were willing to. Yes. Yeah. Um, so on my website, I do have my soul blessings book, which is an award-winning book. I won a silver Nautilus award for that. Oh, um, awesome. yeah, I have my, um, moments of transformation card deck, which are like, which are like an inspirational card with also a little process to do. It might be a journaling process. It might be something going out in nature. There's a process on each card. And I mm -hmm. also have a journal. So I have the, the book, the cards, and the journal. So if you ah. were to buy anything on my website, um, uh -huh. you know, from this interview, and in the comments you just said um, mini reading, the mm -hmm. people that – the people that buy any product, you know, even if it's only one product, I'll give them a 10-minute card reading over the phone, um, mm. precisely connected to something that they want to work with in their own life. Oh, that's great. Now, how is – I love that your momentum cards um, have an activity or a process to do. Um, I think that's a great tool to have. Um because sometimes we read it and we don't, okay, we, it makes us feel good, but we don't have a process. True. We need, yeah. we need an action plan. Yeah, So true. I like that you did that. But how does your journal work? Is it just pages or does how, how you? So, um, yeah, the card deck, the moments of transformation, are, there's 44 cards in the deck. Uh -huh. And and the, the journal, how I created it is um, – on every fourth page, there's just like a, a small sentence or one-liner um, that comes from the cards so that a person could use the cards and, and the journal together. So they might have this process and then they'd write in their journal. Um, so it is lined pages, but on every fourth page, there's, um, you know, a beautiful quote from one of the cards. Yeah. When did, I'm going to ask this question. When did you begin working with card reading? And it, you see, I'm getting that you're very intuitive. And and when was that? Be, when did you become aware of that in so, your life? So I became aware of it when I was uh, fairly young, um, around five, five or oh. six. Um, and I, it's funny you say that. I recently. Um, have been a collaborative author in a book called uh, The Ultimate Guide to Self-Healing. It's volume three, which launches actually this Thursday. Ah. And I actually wrote my story about my intuition and my creativity in that book. Uh -huh. And um, and then I sort of st I didn't trust it enough. So I then became a migraine sufferer and I was a migraine sufferer for like 15 odd years. Um, wow. Because I stopped wanting to listen to the intuitive impulse within me. Um, so then it wasn't until I had my children that I actually felt like I came back into that. And so I've been using cards for probably about 20 26-ish years. My oldest daughter's mm -hmm. 27, so I've been using it ever since she was born. Um, and so trusting in 
that we do get guidance from many different areas and it's just about are we open to receive it and if we close off of course you know that's not as helpful hence my mm -hmm. migraines um, <laughs> or we could be open to receiving and then also be quite discerning in what we want to you know um, how we want to be directed so it's it's a part of listening for guidance, but also knowing that you must feel that also in your heart and mind uh, when you're taking that guidance. For the listener out there that is just starting to trust their intuitiveness, do first, do you believe everybody has intuitive? I do, yes. And how would they know they've experienced an intuitive thought? So I think it's different for everyone and you would have to you'd have to be in that inquiry for yourself. Mm -hmm. So some people might get a sense of um, like more a solid knowing in their body or they might hear a specific word that relates mm -hmm. to something else. So it can mm -hmm. come from, you know, many different um areas or you may hear a song and you're like oh yeah I was only just thinking about such and such and you know you may remember oh that song I heard when I was in um, college you know so it may connect things but it's listening for the way that you're you hear it the way that mm -hmm. your body gets the messages um, and then you know trusting in that and you know I've even asked I've said so if this is really true I need another sign now you know and mm -hmm. then be open to that. So, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, like, uh, don't play a game with it. I don't believe you should do that. But but mm -hmm. getting that deeper confirmation if you feel that you need it at times. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I get that knowing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, where I just know that's the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not always you know, sometimes I wander around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I kind of get that we all get it in a different way. I don't, know um, if you've, I don't know if you've heard it ever said that your gut is like your second brain. Oh, so when, yeah. when we say we feel it in our gut, it's like uh -huh. a, another part of our brain giving us uh, information. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a couple questions that I always like to uh, ask. Okay. And what was, what do you consider one of the boldest steps that you took so far in your life mm -hmm. to take you to this point? Oh, I didn't know that one was coming to me. Uh, let's see, <laughs> one of the boldest steps. So I do, I, I do believe that um, being a home birth mother was a pretty bold step. Um, a lot of people have varying thoughts about that. Um, and I remember with my first child, we, in Australia, you actually also had to have a backup hospital and we went to um, an appointment. And this doctor was very keen on telling me every horror story. And if you imagine oh. a six-month-old woman uh -huh. hearing horror stories, you were thinking, well, I don't think I'd want you to deliver my baby. So <laughs> um, I think it was, yeah. bold, it, was, it was bold to be doing something that not normally everyone's doing, that, that I feel is actually quite bold. Right. 
I, I'm asking this question sort of because I just, I'm naive. I just don't know. In the in the birthing process, is the is the husband and the father as involved when in that home birthing? Yes. Yeah. They take a much bigger role. They correct? do. Yeah, and yeah. I, I actually had um, I had a water birth for my second daughter. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you have a big pool in the middle of your lounge room usually. Yes. Um, so, you know, my husband was in the water with me and, the, oh. you know, the midwife came and, yeah, beautiful. it was a beautiful process. I bet. Yes, I bet. Now, we normally have a time in our life as well when we're taking our journey when we have to pivot. We have to change directions. We have to do something. Can you think of that moment? Um, hmm. So I think I've had many of those moments. Um And I'd like to say that uh, when I was uh, when I was working, and I had a very successful career. Um, I was in. I, I originally was a hairdresser, and then I worked for a very large hairdressing company as a trainer. And then to come from that to motherhood was a really big pivot, even though it was something wow. I was looking forward to. Yes. It still seemed um, like part of me had to com- be complete, the, mm-hmm. pre- pre- the pre-mother Lulu to the, you know, now the mother Lulu. That was quite a big pivot, I thought. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. I kind of repeated similar uh, moving from the professional world into mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you for those uh, two <laughs> surprise questions. <laughs> surprise questions. <laughs> They're always good. <laughs> they are, aren't they, when we kind of look back and we go, oh, well, I don't know about that. So we are coming to the close of our hour. This has been really time well spent. I'm so honored that you chose to be on the on second wind because you've enlightened us with so many I love the blend of your skills talents all that you have brought together and I know that you um, do many great things for many people so you're my audience can find you where so they can find me through my uh, web website, which is Live Life with Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, you know, contact forms on there. I am on um, Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram under Live Life with Wonder as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, I had those couple of offerings if anyone wanted to work with me in the quantum healing or coaching between now and the end of the year, I would give a 30% discount. Or if you were going to purchase any of my products from my website, I would give you a complimentary 10-minute card reading specifically for you, and that would be done over the phone or over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um And I think, you know, what I'd like to leave your audience with is that the the journey to reclaiming any lost parts of ourselves is 
such an important journey. You know, don't ever take that lightly, that if you feel that there's parts that you want to reclaim, honour and respect, I think that's uh, a beautiful thing to do in our lives um, so that we live much more empowered and lives of vitality and fullness. Absolutely. I'm a cheerleader. Yay. I'm I'm a cheerleader. I'm on that team. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So thank you. And I hope that you have many contacts with this, with your wonderful offers. And people just please go visit Lulu's site. Just go peruse and see what she can offer you and and, um, get to know, become more familiar with her. So thank you so much, Lulu, for being here. Thank you, Joyce. It's been my pleasure. Now, as we go forward, I want you to focus, dear listening person out there, focus on how you're going to complete this week. Complete it in a positive way with thoughts of how can I change or just remembering Lulu's words of keeping the wonder in your life to help you pursue and ask, isn't this amazing? Mm -hmm. So I think each of you are amazing, and I wish you the best week and look forward to seeing you next week on Second Wind. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.